Good morning there, YouTube and fellow Cafe Solas. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Welcome to the Cafe Sola podcast. I'm Christopher Hogan. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the conscience on my drive home from my Saturday morning Bible class. Okay, well, we talked about the conscience today, and in today's podcast, you're going to hear a few clips from Pastor Wolfmiller. I'm not going to do anywhere near what we fully talked about in class, and the only reason for that is because eventually the Cafe Sola podcasts of Has American Christianity Fail Bible Study Book Study class are going to be posted, and I wouldn't want to ruin it for anybody. But I did want to talk about one or two things, and I did want to share with you a little audio from Pastor Wolf Miller when he was on Pastor Evan Gegline's show up there in Rogue River, Oregon, called 94.3 The Bridge. Well, that's the station he's on, is 94.3 The Bridge, and his show is called Once For All. So if you're just looking for something else to add to your queue, Go search for 943-T-H-E-B-R-I-D-G-E, 943-The-Bridge, and find that place on the interwebs, and give a listen to some of the archives, and if you can listen live, of course, that's always good. But, back when the book first came out, Pastor Wolf Miller was on Pastor Gegline's show, and they were talking about most of the topics in the book, so I used some of that audio for my class, because it's always good. As awesome of a teacher as I am, right? You all know that. It's good to hear from other people. It's good to hear from the guy who wrote the book. So we talked a little bit about the conscience today. And where we started on, we're not, we didn't get finished. We almost never get finished. Uh, you'll find that out when the lessons actually come out here on the Cafe Solo podcast. But, oh, by the way, just to remind you, if you want to be uh, tuned in, as they say, and be alerted and aware of when the... As American Christianity Failed podcasts do start getting posted, you got to have a way to find out. So you have to hit the subscribe button. And after you hit the subscribe button, you have to ring the bell. And if you're on Facebook, you can like. And if you're anywhere else, you can certainly like and follow and subscribe and do all those things because that's how you'll know when the next podcast of the Have American... Ah, of have, then you'll know when the next podcast of the Has American Christianity Failed Bible Study Book Study comes out. But today, we're just going to talk a little bit about the conscience, so let's get rid of all that stuff. Anyway, there, in the book, Pastor Wolf Miller talks about the three dangers of the conscience. The first one is that the conscience can get calloused. And I know we'd probably all say, oh yeah, of course I know that. But if we really stop and think about it, you know, it can really take us to a good place of being aware that we need to work, if you dare use that word, work hard to be where God wants us to be so that we don't get calloused. Well, how does the conscience get calloused? In the everyday life, sorry for that, in our everyday life, we're exposed to so many things. We're really if you think about it, exposed to a lot of ungodly things and a lot of ungodly teachings, even in the church and even from fellow Christians. Now, don't take that the wrong way. Most of them 
think they're doing a good thing, they think they're sharing God's word, and they think they're speaking the truth, but they're not. They're speaking to you from a Methodist point of view, they're speaking to you from a Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Catholic, Baptist, Pentecostal, you name it. They're speaking to you from some other point of view. And maybe, just maybe, they have made up their own version of Christianity. I don't know if you've ever read any of uh, Pastor Matt Richards' books, but his great book, uh, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? I think that's the name of the book. I'll put the book over here just in case I got the title wrong. But it basically deals with the 12 false Christs in the church. And there's also this concept of cafeteria Christianity. Well, what's cafeteria Christianity? Oh, I think I should probably put on my seatbelt. I'm not doing my seatbelt because I don't want it to bump up against the microphone. So I'm being safe. Don't worry. Anyway, what is cafeteria Christianity? Cafeteria Christianity is where you say, well, I don't really want to belong wholeheartedly to any one institution or denomination or whatever. I just want to say, well, the Baptists got this, and I like that, and the Methodists have this, and I like that, and the Pentecostals, and the Presbyterians, and the Episcopalians, and the, you know, whoever's, you know, they have, oh, and then the Lutherans, yeah, they have some good stuff, too, except for that baptism and the Lord's Supper stuff, and the whole absolution, and the pastor getting up in front of the congregation and saying, in the name and by the stead of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, they, well, we just can't handle that, so we'll be Lutheran. I'll take it from that point of view. We'll be Lutheran, but we're going to, you know, make it around the the, uh, the smorgasbord of Christianity, and we're going to pick a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of that, and we're going to make our own Christianity. I don't know what to say about that other than to say, if you want to be a Baptist, until you come to the knowledge that the Lutheran church is where you belong, <laughs> be, a, be a Baptist. Learn with the Baptists teach and confess, because they do. They have uh, their conference, they have their documents, and, and they they have things that they believe, teach, and confess, just like the Lutherans do, and so does everybody else. Almost everybody else is some form of probably Wesleyan or, or something you know, like that. Anyway, so they all have things that they believe, teach, and confess. It's just that they don't necessarily do what Lutherans do. Lutherans would say, well, we hold to the Book of Concord. We hold to the Augsburg Confession. We we subscribe to that. And, you know, pastors absolutely have to. It'd be nice if members would also. But it's not really written, I don't think, in such a way, at least our church documents that say, if you want to be a member of the Lutheran Church, you have to quia subscribe to the Book of Concord. I think it's more like, well, we, we hope you do. Well, perhaps that's why as Pastor Fisk recently said, there's so much um, heterodox uh, creeping in and, and has creeped into the Lutheran Church. But that's that's another thing. Anyway, all of this can affect the conscience, and that's what I wanted to really talk about after seven minutes, is our conscience can get seared. It can get seared. It's what the devil wants to do to our conscience. What is this uh, seared or callous conscience? You, you get the picture there. I mean, this, uh, it's a very um, vivid picture. Is that, you know, someone, if you are burned, um, you, you know, you get a scar in that place. And one uh, of the marks of the scar tissue is you have either no nerves in it at all or confused nerves. It doesn't, it, it doesn't kind of function properly. So, so that you get, um, 
you know, I think in the in the ancient world, you used to see this in all the old movies. I don't know if it actually happened, but like, you know, someone would get shot with an arrow. And so you pull the arrow out, you get an iron and you sear off the wound. Now it stops bleeding. Uh, but you also can't feel anything anymore. And it's talking about the picture that Paul puts before us as a, as a conscience seared. It doesn't feel uh, properly. It doesn't feel the things that it's supposed to feel. So that a seared conscience is a conscience that doesn't, it ceases to feel the pain of sin. It ceases to, to, to register uh, guilt. Um, this, this can be, uh, you know, carried out in a, in, in, um, into kind of criminal neuroses. There's all these kind of studies of, you know, the mass murders of people who just are, have no capacity to feel sorrow or guilt for the crimes and, thing, and uh, um, uh, things that they've done wrong. Uh, but all of us, in one way or another, have a hardened or a seared conscience. And it happens in, an, in you know, a number of ways where the devil is attacking the conscience to, to harden it and, 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 uh, and sear it. It's what the devil wants to do to our conscience. What does he want to do? He wants us to say, well, you've been taught that that thing is bad, that that is a sin, and I know you feel really bad about it, but, you know, maybe if you just keep doing it long enough, maybe if you... Uh, do it again. See, it's not as bad this time, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not that bad this time. And then you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. And before long, your conscience has been seared. And I believe, if I get it wrong, I'll put it on the screen. I believe it's in First Timothy, where the uh, scriptures talk about people who have a seared conscience. And what are they doing? They are going around teaching people their falsehood. This is not good. You should not go around and teach people falsehood. Not a good idea. And um, that's all I really wanted to talk about, was that there's a cure for this. Uh, our consciences are seared on a regular basis, on a daily basis, just uh, all the time. You just stop and get some gas. Constantly, our consciences are being affected, and constantly they're being seared. In a sense, we're born with a seared conscience because we're born with a concupiscence. We're born with this desire to sin, this tendency to sin. And the, the Lord has to come in with the, with the cure. And some preaching will follow this pattern. They'll, they'll, they'll preach the malady. The malady is you're, you're a sinner and, and, uh, and, and you deserve God's wrath and condemnation. But then there's the remedy. There's the cure. And what's the remedy and the cure? The remedy and the cure is... Christ. The remedy and the cure for the evil seared conscience, well, evil's number two, the seared conscience, or any of the other two dangers, is the Ten Commandments. You know, someone's listening and says, uh, I, I relate to that uh, idea of a seared conscience or a hardened or callous conscience. However, such a person might not even be able to identify that, that you and I and, and everyone has matters of our conscience that, that we have uh, hardened over so that we don't hear the 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 call of the conscience to uh what we're doing is wrong uh how, what's the what's the remedy to that uh, what what's the answer to a, a, a conscience that is broken yeah i mean a couple of things but the main thing is we have to hear god's law so that so that um sometimes our conscience itself is not trustworthy and so um, and it's hard. It's really hard. 
uh, because the conscience is such a huge gift that when our conscience is really troubling us, it's easy to confess our sins. But when our conscience is not working, when it's not when it's not kind of registering the pain of sin, we have to trust um, the diagnosis of the law. And so that we have to go and trust, you know, it was not really intended by God that we would have to, it would have to totally in every way trust the law. There's a, there's kind of a built in way that we could feel the law and we have to trust the gospel, have faith in the gospel. But in, when we have a busted up conscience, we have to have faith in, even in the law and trust that what the Lord says is right. And I think that uh, that exercise of meditating on the Ten Commandments is what starts to, to restore sensitivity to the conscience. The Ten Commandments. They're like tenderizer. They get in there and they, they make you think, oh, that thing that I was starting to think was, was acceptable isn't acceptable anymore. So that's all I wanted to say for this real quick Cafe Solo podcast. Remember to subscribe and like and share and ring and all those kind of things. And uh, appreciate your tuning in. If you like these, make sure you do share them. Um, as Pastor Fisk recently said, it's, uh, there's not enough Lutherans out there, especially good confessional Lutherans, uh, promoting God's Word. This has been Chris with Cafe Sola. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to the next time we get together in the cafe. God's blessings.